The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, you shouldn't rock the boat. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from the previous day. So if you want to watch that and you want to check it out and you missed it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Got a lot of friends on Rumble over there, and a good morning to those guys. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel over there. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And by the way, if you're watching the video portion of the show now, uh, you'll see that the Things are a little different. That's because we're pre-recording. I wasn't lying. We we are live now, but it's just me and my guest that's live. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live over there. And then, of course, we're also streaming live over to BeforeIt'sNews.com, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot over there. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live. You can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, please do that and help us get the word out. Uh, as well as be informed, uh, you get all of the articles we put out for the day, including the morning show archive. So whatever we talk about today, all the links and all that will be neatly packaged in there. So you don't have to say, hey, what was this or what was that or the other? It'll all be in there in the archive. And all you got to do is find uh, the article that will be up for that day for the morning show archive. And you can pull all that information and utilize it, share it, upload, download it, re-upload it, whatever you want to do with it. Uh, as we've been, as it's been freely given to us, uh, we're going to freely give it to you. Okay. So you be free and uh, use those things. And uh, we've got a special guest on this morning. Now we had him on, I don't know, last year, I think we, we had uh, Pastor Casper McLeod on and uh, some of you guys really liked him. Uh, I think there was, there was somebody in the chat that said he uh, reminded them of Led Zeppelin and stuff. And I was teasing Casper this morning uh, about, uh, okay, well, how old are you, man? Because 
I know you're much older, but you don't look it. And he said, I'm 70 years old. I'm thinking, I hope I look that good when I'm 70 years old. And it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Casper McLeod. Good to see you, man. I'm so delighted to be back with my one of my very favorite boat rockers. <laughs> well, I, I hope that's the case. We, we rock a few boats here and there. Uh, boy, we did it this morning. This is uh, we're on. This is uh, what what day is today? Tuesday. And uh, boy, I'm getting some of the MK Ultra responses for you know pointing out uh, Donald Trump and and just letting him say what he says and show who he is. And uh, they don't like that, but it's like, guys, you know, our standard is Christ. It is not Donald Trump. It certainly ain't Tim Brown. And uh, that's that's the standard we want to hold up. We don't want to we don't want to shoot for the floor. We want to shoot for the stars. If you if you know what I'm saying, but you've got a new album out, and it's called Higher Frequencies. Um, you can pick this up all over the place. I you sent me a copy, but you can also get it um, on. Amazon, you can listen to it on Spotify. This is the cover. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Um, the Casper McLeod Band, Higher Frequencies. Now, you just did an album, what was it, last last year? Yeah, a little bit less than a year ago. We came up with Walking in Authority on Kate's uh, on the cover with uh, Dr. Kerry Madei and Dr. Lee Merritt and Dr. Sherry Tampany, a, a lot of the you know people I've been doing conferences with for a long, long time. Um, a lot of the speakers are in there. A few of my rock star friends I play with, like Tommy James and Sean Dells and uh, uh, Rick Derringer's on there. Common Apathy plays on the opening track with me, uh, and then in the background is a, a bulldozer with all the weasels from the World Economic Forum members trying to destroy the world. <laughs> Just call them what they are, yeah. So um, I think it's but, super clever. Yeah, God love them. You know, he's supposed to pray for them. That's so right. I do, I do pray they get saved before it's too late. If in fact they're still redeemable and they're still human. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a bigger picture. I, I should have pulled it off here. I was pulling it off of the um, the other thing that you had there uh, that somebody had written on uh, the the new album, and uh, you've got this. You've got the fourteen songs on there. And, you know, Casper, one of the things that, that I, I really like about you is you're not like the songs that you write are not like a lot. I mean, I remember, you know, bands like Iron Maiden. Now, they got political in their messages. They, they spoke politically in their messages. But there was, you know, most of them are about, you know, going out and just living in sin and doing all these kinds of things or, you know, your girlfriend's song or something like that. But you go and you take on certain subjects. And I, my assumption is, is that you're not only deriving some things from the Word of God, but you're also deriving it from the times that we live in and things that are going on and things that you're learning. Tell us a little bit about how you put out some of these songs that you do. Well, um, since we mentioned Kate, Kate had called me up um, at the beginning of the year, and I was just starting to think about, yeah, we should do another album. And so she played me the song somebody wrote for her. She was going to wanting to use for a podcast. And she goes, what do you think of this? So I listened to her and I, you know, we're really close friends. So I just told her the truth straight out, which I mean, I would tell anybody, but maybe I would have, um, you know, been more pastoral with somebody else that I didn't know as well. I just said, I, I, I don't think there's a melody that's memorable in this. And I think it needs a lot of revision. And she goes, yeah, I think so too. So I got off the phone. 
and I picked up my guitar, and like 15 minutes later, I had this song about Kate, and <laughs> I just recorded it, and I sent it to her, and she absolutely loved it, she went bonkers, you know. Uh, not so much because the song is about her, but she called it like it's got an earworm. She can't get the melody out of her head. And so I played it for my musical twin, Renee Truex, the, the, the violinist, True. And um, she's going, we got to put this on the record. So uh, we ended up making a video of it because I was going to go back to the UK uh, and speak at a conference, which they weren't going to let me speak at in the end because they said I was a pastor. And I might offend people of other faiths that would be there. It's on right, I would. Um, so, <laughs> That's what the gospel does. Well, the Lord Jesus offended so many people that crucified him, you know? We're supposed to be oracles for him. We're supposed to be his ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? You know, we represent the kingdoms. We represent the kingdom of God. So, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of a fun song. We made a video and kind of just showed the hypocrisy that's going on. You know, people in England protesting against this nonsense, this um, deception injections and all the rest of it. And I, you know, I have a line in there about Kate being one of the most dangerous women of, in the, the whole UK, which I think she's been called several times. Yeah. Um, because few people that are willing to stand up and actually tell the truth about it, you know, like the Emperor's New Clothes. It, Kate's the one that's uh, standing there, kind has got nothing on. Yeah, I mean, she. You, you get look. You what you see is what you get with Kate. And she doesn't water thing down. Uh, we we've done several shows, and she goes, "I'm now called fattest because I talk about people who are fat." I can't do her voice the way she does it, but it's kind of it's kind of comical. But you know, just so people get a little flavor. Now, I didn't bring the video up here, but I do have the music here. This is just a little intro here, just so people on the radio can kind of hear it. If you hadn't heard it, I played it a couple of times on Saturdays as sort of our pre-show music for when Kate's coming on. But I mean, it is catchy. And I heard the the first thing, it was kind of this, I don't know, syrupy hip hop kind of thing that was, that was going on. And I was like, well, it's, I think it was professionally done, but it's like, it's like what you're saying. It's not something that was catchy. And this little riff right here is catchy. I mean that right there. How cool is that? I mean, that's catchy, man. That's really catchy. And you got it right. She's serious and she's funny. I think that's why people love her. She can put all that stuff together in there. All right. So if you want to hear more, you got to you got to pick up the album. If <laughs> You want to catch that one there. But it, it is catchy and it does get to the issue of what what she's done. And, you know, praise God, there's some people who will come alongside brothers and sisters when they're when they're being beat down, when they're in the midst of the fight. Kate wasn't out there, you know, with a bullhorn on a mountain somewhere away from the fight. She was right in the midst of it, and uh, boy, she caught a lot of flack. They were even trying to use her own kids against her, and you know as well as I do that off air, Kate was just the same person she is there. There were times where she was um, beat down, but she wasn't discouraged or broken. Uh, it just made her more dependent upon the Lord, and she said so with her own mouth off air. 
those kinds of things. So I, I think I think you honor the Lord in that song of honoring Kate. I really do think you do that. Well, praise the Lord. Um, yeah, I, I I feel you know she's gone through more than most of us will probably ever go through in a lifetime, and the abuse that she's taken for simply standing up for the gospel truth. And I, I was impressing a video of her some years ago after the police had, you know, really given her a bad time and she was just coming back with Christ like a godly love to them. Um just she's really a, a great example of what a Christian should be. Amen. Amen. She absolutely is. Now you've titled this Higher Frequencies. The other one was Walking in Authority. You've had some other albums as well. But you call this one uh, higher frequencies. What, what what made you come up with that name? We we always pray about everything we're doing. Uh, we prayed about every song that we do. Um, in fact, I I written. I just got really into a prolific moment. Um, my musical twin Renee, a violinist, uh, just getting around her, just she'll just say something, and it just inspires an idea. And next thing I know, I've got a new song happening. So we're praying about it. Um, it's just, you know, again, a labor of love. And our holy guidebook to the supernatural tells us God is love. You know, he's love it, not God doesn't know God is love. And Isaiah 55, 9 tells us, you know, the heavens are higher than the earth. And so his ways are higher than our ways. And I started thinking about that. And I've been doing a lot of conferences lately. And, um, you know, just seeking first his kingdom, his righteousness. And I started hearing people talking about frequencies. I mean, I, I know the New Ages like that term a lot. Um, so they're talking about frequencies. And I remembered when I was, uh, you know, a young, when I was younger, so much younger than today. Um, I, I built a crystal radio when I was a kid. So I used to listen to rock and roll at night when nobody knew I was doing that. I was supposed to be sleeping, but, you know, there I had little headphones and, and it had like this, um, I don't know if you, anybody knows how to build a little crystal radio, but it's got like a little control on it. You can solder into the transistors and wire. And then there's a little bit of um, a dial. You have to dial in the station. And so there would be a lot of hiss and a lot of noise. But then you found that station, and then you could kind of even s massage that dial a little bit, get fine-tune it. And once you found that station, you could find it again. And I think that's kind of like, you know, with the Holy Spirit, we got to have eyes to see, ears to hear, tune into the Holy Spirit frequencies, catch his signal. So um, the last number of years, I've I just been surrounded by extraordinary, you know, heroic researchers and intellectuals, physicians, Bible scholars, and I get invited to share on the platforms. I feel so, you know, privileged that I get to do something like that over the years. It's well over a decade more now. A lot of prophecy conference. I get to speak with you know amazing people like you. And um, so I was attending these conferences this last year, and I kept having people talking to me about frequencies. Speakers are getting up and speaking about frequencies, and they're saying, you know, I'm building a case we should play music in 432 hertz instead of the standard 440 hertz. And then they would say things about other globalists, the Rockefellers, those little Nazis, you know, started to use the 440 hertz trying to take over the world. And I did some research and I mean, I can see where you can, you know, debate something like that because the um, 440 hertz actually was uh, established as a standard um, in, in British Standard Institute. Um, they had a conference like London 1939. So that was during that era. 
But when you really dig into that more, um, the 432 hertz, uh, and they're, they're claiming that that's like the natural frequency of the universe, and you know it's got cosmic healing powers. And I'm thinking, like, wait, wait a minute, the Lord owns all the frequencies. I mean, they're all is, right? I mean, anything that he's made is good to be taken with Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure. And, and so, I, you know, people are telling me, I got to play in 442, you know, 432 hertz. And like, if, if you aspiring guitarists with just tuning guitars at 432, you, you could bypass all the gatekeepers and you could be a rock star, you know, overnight. Well, I, I'm not just saying the evidence to prove that. And so, like, think about this. Before the invention of, you know, the tuning instruments we've got now, the position instruments, you had tuning forks. I, I, I'm sure Renee still has a tuning fork. I used to have one as well. You tune your, your instrument that way. It was like, you know, the standard thing in the 18th century. Um, but none of them are precisely the same. You could, they would, you know, vary it a little bit. No matter, just like when you... If you're a guitar manufacturer, violin, you make this exact same instrument, they're not the same thing. They might look like twins, but they all feel a little different. They all play a little different. They sound a bit different. So you might have an orchestra playing in four, you know, 43 hertz and one playing in 436 hertz. And probably most of the audience would never, ever know the difference. And so what's important, I think, for us to understand is what spirit is behind the music. That's what's important. Um, it's it's kind of like telling me, you know, a certain hour of the day is better than other times. I mean, it's like, wait a minute, they're all God's times and seasons. Well, that's, a, yeah, that's exactly right. And I do think there is an issue. I had, there's a guy, you may, you may know him. Gosh, I'm going to have to look up his name now, but he, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, he became a Christian in like the eighties or the nineties. PK Mitchell. Okay. I don't know if you've you've heard heard of him or not. I have, yeah, I have. Um, now I don't know anything about the guy, but he did a, a rendition of "Onward, Christian Soldiers" that is just—it's to me when I think of singing that song, I don't think of this, you know, this kind of—I don't know—kind of soft-pedaled song. That's supposed to be the church militant. And this guy's got it going with, you know, a grungy guitar and it's a, it's very catchy in what he's singing. And you can, you could just see, you know, spiritually men going to battle in this. You you could see that. And so I'm, I mean, I'm right with you. What is the spirit behind? What is the intentions? Who is driving that? And some people say, well, it's rock and roll kind of style music. So therefore it must be of the devil. But they love Amazing Grace. They love all these other songs, which used to be songs they played in the taverns. And I'm sure there were people back then who just had a fit that they were writing hymns in the tavern style music. Or you get the honky tonk guys that get saved. out. God may save you out of those things, but those things still shape who you are. And he gives you, what does the Bible say? He gives you a new song to sing, right? Not the same ones about the sins you were committing, but about his glory and, and about his goodness. I think that's really the issue there. You know, in my age, I've, I've gone through a lot in the church, um, especially because I, I my influences were some of the pioneers of what we call, you know, modern Christian music. Um, Tork Heggy was my mentor, led me to Christ, and... I just did a, a concert with our band. Um, we just played with Randy Stonehill, who 
you know, if it wasn't for people like Randy, you wouldn't, you probably may still be having the old, you know, hymnals and the only thing that we'd be playing. So they, they really uh, changed the face of music in the church back in the 70s. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's just the way customs change and things. I mean, it's like if you got, um, you know, it, it's so silly, some of these arguments. I mean, it's like Martin Luther, you're right. He he took, um, I think, what a great, um, Mighty Fortress's ass, that was a, a, a pub song in, in Germany. So he was like the, the original Weird Al Yankovic kind of idea. You know, let's take a song and change the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his tale is pretty incredible too because the people are, are promoting him and he's like, look, I just gave the word of God. I'm down here in the pub drinking beer, eating peanuts, and God toppled the papacy. That God did it. He gave the glory <laughs> to God in that. And that's how it, I think that's exactly how it should be. Now, not only this, not only the songs that you've got, you got this one called Fly Like Superman. And it sounds to me like it's a prayer. I, I just want to show people this is from Casper's website. It's caspermcloudmusic.com. Casper McLeod. I want you to see him here. They, they got on their Superman outfits here, right? <laughs> and if, if you can't really tell what's going on, I'm just going to play this first part here. Uh, but here's Casper. Check this out. Oh, Mr. Bob and I are here to tell you about the new single we have called Lie Like Superman. And that's just what we're doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, and for the radio audience who can't see it, he's on his big horse. What's his name, Bob? Mr. Bob. Mr. Yeah. Bob. It's not Mr. Ed, Mr. Bob. And you got your... I'm telling you, I must have had one of those outfits when I was a kid. It makes you look like you have the muscles and the cape and all that. And it's hilarious. It sounds like a prayer to me. The song is a prayer to God to make me fly higher than what I'm doing. Make me be able to take out, you know, the bad guys in, in such a fashion that, it, you know, it's not a it's not a cry of despair. It's not a cry of um, uh, of uh, I'm wanting to run from the battle. It's that you're saying, give me the. Give me the strength to go to the battle and, and to accomplish the feats that, that are before me. Tell me about it. Well, I I recall I was preaching, and I, I'm pretty spontaneous when I'm given the message. Um, for some reason, I, I, I just joke with my congregation. I, I, it's like, oh, Lord, won't you let me fly like Superman, destroy the globalist plan, punch them in the nose and knock them on the can? My, my wife is kind of looking at me from the back. You're going, no, what are you doing? Um, but you know, obviously, got a good laugh, and I, I came home and and picked up my guitar, and that song just kind of fell out of it. And um, I played it for Renee, and she's like, "I'm in. We got to do this." And, and then, like, the chorus is really like that's you know, because the Lord didn't give us that spirit; He gave us a spirit to love our enemies, and that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, I'm on a cross after being told to be on what we could call Brian, and said, "Forgive them, Father. They don't even know what they're doing." So uh, the songs of you know a wee bit tongue in cheek in that respect, but um, you know, I, I, it's just because it's almost frustrating. I, I meet other pastors and uh, traveling and stuff. They don't, they don't even know who Klaus Schwab is. They don't even know. They've never heard of the World Economic Forum. Most people haven't. They don't know the sinister plans that are unfolding around us right now. And you know, it's just like you've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to study the Word of God. Show yourself approved. See, you know, the Lord said, you know, you'll know the season you're in. And we're in that season. So the song is really about that. Okay. Let us fly, like you said, let us fly in his frequency. 
Yeah, and I I do think there is a place. You know, this is one of the places where I guess I struggle the most is you go back in the Old Testament and you see these godly men and they had no problem going and confronting the tyrants. Um, you even see it a little bit in the New Testament. Obviously, you see it that they're confronting them, but they would go and confront them to to kill them. <laughs> in some cases, you go in the book of Judges, you see Samson do what he does. You see um, Ehud do, do what he does. You see uh, David do what he does. You see Abraham take his. I love I love the concept. I'm like, how can we how can we form communities where where men have enough to where they can bring other men and their families together and and they can bond together. And he's got 318 trained men where he can go wage war because these kings took his nephew. And we're lacking some of that. And I do think that's still biblical too. Uh, and yet, you know, yeah, we're called to love, but we're not going to, we can't let people get away with committing crimes and and not have any justice about it and things of that nature. So I'm kind of with you too. And that and, and your videos go right along with it. They're different from others. They bring in some of that. They show the Klaus Schwab's, the Bill Gates and stuff like that and tie them to your songs. You got one that you called the Georgia Guidestones and seeing mm-hmm. that they were knocked down or whatever the case was that, that happened there. What brings that on? Was that was it the, the tearing them down that brought that song on? We, we were actually... Um... In the hotel, the the day those uh, guidestones came down, and I'd gone out there years earlier with L.A. Mozilli investigating it firsthand. One thing I learned from working with Mozilli was you really got to go on location. You can't just do it all from a computer. So we were out there. It was a really ominous place. There had security cameras everywhere. And, um, so we were at this hotel ready to do a television show. It was an early sound check in the morning. And the guys went to bed. Uh, Renee, my wife, was still up. And so Renee and I, we thought we were going to go over a couple of songs that we we're going to play on the show. And we saw in the lobby that, you know, the, the guy's tunes had come down. And so I just started singing this little melody with her. And we just live streamed it. Um, it was like, as we were developing the song, like, hey, here's a new song. Um, we got so many amazing reactions from there. Um, we just ended up, um, you know, recording that on the album. And I, I actually, when I, I was speaking at Reawakening, and they just had me speak and let me play that time. Um, so one point, I, I just broke into singing about the Georgia Guidestones and thousands of people. I think it was like forty thousand people in front of me, and a couple million watching online. And they started singing along. My friend is an extraordinary poet, Randy Conway. Um, was out there in the audience. He came back later and said, "Yeah." It was amazing. Like you had all those thousands of people singing the Georgia Guidestones have fallen down, and uh, there's a line in there about it's reminiscent of the 9/11 thing. I mean, like when have you ever seen them just you know destroy the evidence like within a couple hours after something happens? So the whole thing's a bit of a mystery. Um, I know some people think it was the, it was an act of God. Our friend Coach David been in the area with I mean like 120 people praying that these things would come down um, shortly after they did come down. So, um, but you know, I, and a lot of people don't even know what they are. I mean, there's somebody, um, we actually know who the guy was. He was a doctor, a eugenicist doctor. He was an abortion doctor. He was a Freemason and a Illuminati guy that came in there and mysteriously called himself Alsi Christian, put up the, the guidestones in the eighties. And it was like in 10 or 12 different languages, all talking about, 
you know, we should eliminate 90% of the population and uh, you know, have bring in a, in a universal language, meaning artificial intelligence. I mean, it's just basically all the same, you know, um, Ann Bailey stuff, Polowski stuff that the UN has embraced. So, yeah, it's all yeah. under 2030, you know. So I'm glad it came down and I hope they never rebuild it. Yeah, well, I hope so too. And in fact, we haven't, we never heard if they caught somebody or not, they had some kind of video of somebody going away and all this kind of stuff. And then of course the Q nonsense people went crazy. Oh, this is, this is the guys, the good guys though. I, I, I don't buy any of that stuff. I, just don't, I don't buy, buy any of that stuff they did. And the fact that they, they tore it down, you know, within a couple of hours and then the mysterious, um, the time capsule disappeared as well. So it's again, it's just like a nine eleven. It's like the JFK shooting. You know, they they know what we most people know it wasn't one lone gun gunman doing it. So the official narratives that just don't hold up at all. Um, and think about this too. Like on the World Economic Forum, they actually say America will no longer be a superpower. Well, that is not a threat. I mean, you know, if it was like ten years ago, and you actually had a a honest world leader in in America leading people. Wouldn't they like go over there and go, wait a minute, we're not been over this. I mean, maybe 20 years ago. I mean, this is so corrupt at this point. So um, again, you're right. We just need to stay biblical and, and trust God for every detail. Yeah, there's a, there's another, there's another. I, do, do you guys in the music world, do you call it, I guess you call it a song if it's just music, right? <laughs> it, it's not, It's there's no words to it. This one here, I got to tell you, I really like it. Uh, my, I got two daughters that play, uh, violin and I've got three daughters that play, wait, let me count that. I got four daughters that play piano. Mm. Um, and, uh, but this one here has this little Irish thing. It's called the soaker's jig. And I'm just going to play just a, a little clip here uh, just so people can hear it. And then tell me about this because this must be your friend, Renee, uh, who does this because, and, and, and by the way, the sound, when you get a good, clear deal going on between your guitar and you can hear that violin coming in, that is very unique. I, I really like that, but this is just the start of the soakers jig. I love that stuff right there. That's that's some great music right there. I, I I really like it. I really do. It's kind of got a, I don't know, um, what was that? There was a band out with uh, brothers and sisters. Kind of a uh, what was it? The Coors, I think, was the, their name. They have kind of that kind of Irish kind of Celtic kind of sound or something like that. I really like that. What what brought that on to just throw that in the middle of the album? Well, um, I was in Nashville at Renee's studio, and we were talking about people wanted us to do like a soaking album, and um, I don't know we just want to rock. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to do it, man. I think you ought to do it. Well, we we we've done things like that, you know. We just like improvising, and uh, like the first time we played together, um, that happened. Uh, they. I was at a, I was speaking and playing at a, at a prophecy conference called Tears of Watchmen, and they asked me if I can uh, have this violinist from Nashville play with me. She was professional, you know, for she'd come up, play one song. So 
she came up, this is years ago, and I looked at her after we played the first song and went, don't go anywhere, you're going to play the rest of the set with me. And so we walked off the stage and people, there's thousands of people, people rushed uh, and up to us and were like, you got some albums? We want to get your albums. We were like, we just met 15 minutes ago. So, <laughs> so kind of in the back of our mind, we were thinking we should do something like that. And so we're in the studio and I just kind of, I don't know, somehow we were joking about doing an Irish jig and I just kind of, this melody just came and, and I wasn't sure it belonged on the album, but um, I played it for my friend, Carol Ross, who manages my friend Tommy James and the Shondells, and she's going, you got to put this on the album. It's, it's like it makes me so happy to listen to it. So, you know, we want to bring some hope and encouragement. Uh, I think that song does. Yeah, I, I, lo I, I love the melody, it, and it's catchy too. It's, it's a catchy tune as well. Um, I want to go back to the, the frequency thing, and then we'll move along to some other things. But I'm like you. When I uh, when Kate first started coming on, we had Dr. Carrie Midday come on. We had uh, Dr. Lee Merritt and all, and they would make mention of energy and frequencies. And everybody's like, "Oh, this is New Age talk," and this, that, and the other. And I, you know, that's what I was taught when I was growing up. And when I started looking into things, I'm sitting here going, "Okay, the first thing that I notice is one: this, the scriptures talk obviously talk about music and using." Uh, in different kinds of instruments, mainly stringed instruments is what they use. And they did, they did have some wind instruments as well. All of those things produce frequencies and all of that, that you hear that come out as frequencies is energy. That's what it is. Uh, when we move and when we do things, that is energy. When God spoke in the beginning, that was a frequency emitted from him. And it was an energy that came that came from him that formed the worlds. So these things are not new age. I think maybe you would want to agree or disagree, but I see when people talk about you know this being new age, what I see is the new age wants to attribute it to the creation or to the earth. They've made a God of the creature rather than the creator. And the difference is we can see what the creator has put into the creation and we give him the glory, the true God, the Yahweh. Uh, we give him the glory for that, for what he has done and how he holds all things together by the power of his own word. Would you agree or disagree with that? No, I, I, I agree with you. I, in fact, I agree with most everything every, we've ever talked about together. Uh, in one of my books, I wrote a biblical perspective on epigenetics years ago called What Was I Thinking? And I recall somewhere in the early chapters talking about God speaking the world into existence, um, taking dirt and forming that, you know. But actually, when you look at the actual um, original language, he, he took a, a sound wave, which is a frequency. And so I think it's called Asper. Um, so he was taking a sound frequency. And... It's kind of like almost the, the people that come along and tell me now, well, you have to pray in Yeshua's name, not Jesus' name. You should need, because his real name was Yeshua. I'm going, well, over the years, I've been, looking, I've been at this a long time, and I've led lots of people in the salvation using the name of Jesus. I've prayed and seen healing miracles in the almighty name of Jesus. Um, so, I, you know, it's kind of like, hey, it's all under his control, and he understands whatever, you know. I mean, it's... Um, I, I think so. People come to me and go, "Well, men, men, men wrote the Bible." I'm going, you know. Think about this: the poet John Milton went blind when he was 44 years old, 
He dictated his entire book called Paradise Lost. Uh, you know, he had friends come over for a cup of tea or something. Hey, would you mind writing this down? I got this inspiration. So it was like, you know, over 10,000 pages or 10,000 lines of poetry. And nobody at all questions that it wasn't solely his work. It was, you know, the, our, high, our Holy Guidebook is supernatural. Clearly, God's the author of the Holy Bible. He used human agents as his secretaries to give us divinely inspired word of God. Now, Second Timothy 3.16, now, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, uh, for correction, instructions of righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and all good works. So, you know, we're, we're at a time when we need, I, I ask people, I go, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit wrote what I believe, what Spirit wrote what you believe? Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And yeah, God used men. So what? <laughs> he used men to, 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 he didn't take out their culture. He didn't take out their understanding or any of this or their language. And he used them to write exactly what he wanted to be penned. And um, how that all works, I don't know, but I do believe it. And some people, I love what one of my pastors said that I had previous to the one that, that we have now at the, at the church we're at. But he, he said, you know, he says, when people ask him, how do you know the Bible's true? He says, I can tell you that when I did what it said not to do, I got the consequences it said I'd get. And when I did what it said to do, I got the blessings that it said I would get. Well, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28. Yes, it, it, absolutely. That's exactly right. That's exactly so right. If, there's an if there, right? It's prophetic. People ask me at prophecy conferences, they come up and go, Pastor, have you, have you, got, a, I've got, a, have you got a word for me? And I go, yeah, I got a word. Read your Bible. Amen, brother. Amen. I remember, uh, uh, I think it was John Piper years ago, uh, he wrote something go, called something like, I heard from God today. And then as you read it, he's talking about reading one of, the, one of the Psalms and he goes, God spoke right there. He said something to me right there. And it, you know, people are looking for all kinds of things outside the scripture and God has given us his word. That is how he speaks to us. And uh, so I, I think that's I think that's a pretty important thing for people to understand. You want to hear the voice of God? Go and read the scriptures. That's where you're going to hear his voice. Um, and speaking of which, if you had one of these songs here, one of these 14 songs that's on this album, and you there was somebody who, let's say they weren't a believer, but they were willing to they were willing to listen to your music and stuff. Uh, maybe they said, you know, Casper, I, I don't know about this. I don't know about this the, Jesus. And now we had Sam Childers on here recently the machine gun preacher. I don't know if you know him, but what a fantastic guy and how God has used him in Uganda. But he said, I tell people, don't try Jesus. He says, I don't, I don't come in here and say, oh, I need to inspect the chair before I sit down. He says, just, just follow after him. Just follow after him. You'll see he's real. If, if somebody was to say, Casper, I don't believe in all this stuff and this, that, and the other, you got this new album out. What song do you think I ought to listen to? What would you recommend to him? I, I think the first song, um, what do you see? Is is um, asking what what do you think is going to happen? You know, are we going to see the the globalist elite psychopaths uh, take over with artificial intelligence and destroy the economy? And um, you know, ov overnight nobody has anything. And as Klaus Schwab has been lying to everybody, saying you'll be happy and uh, own nothing and eat insects and worse. I think that you know. There's a reality to them working with bio, what they call it biosolids, where they want you to eat um, human waste as well, because they they just look at you as cattle. 
Or is the New World Order happening? The New World Order that Jesus Christ, the Nazareth Messiah, Yeshua said is coming. So I, I think that song pretty much um, brings that together. And it also talks about loving our enemies, you know, being grateful for everything that God's given us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that that is difficult to do. And I tried it. That's what I was talking about a, a minute ago of balancing those things. Yes. Love your enemies. But but let's let's be honest. If somebody comes in your house and they're going to try to kill you and your wife or people that you have over there and stuff, you're going to do something to try to stop them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So if that means putting a gun to their head and shooting them in order to protect the life, which is which is the positive aspect of thou shalt not murder or thou shalt not kill, uh, it's you're protecting the life from those who would cause them harm. So I think sometimes, you know, Casper, some people get those things mixed up and they say, you, if you're doing that, you're being hypocritical to what you're saying. And, and that's not the case at all. That's just not the case at all. You know, they, they tell me, you know, Jesus wasn't political. You don't think telling Herod's a, a, a fox was not political. Some animal that hides out and kills innocent chickens. And then how about when he said, um, if anybody has an extra coat, sell it and go buy a sword. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's exactly right. In fact, all of the prophets were political. They had a political and a spiritual message. It was, it was one and the same. Why? Because they pointed that they had departed from their God. And they said the way back is to repent and go back and do what the law said. That's that's the political part, if you will, of going back and obeying what God said in the first place. You've went away from doing that. You've got all these problems. You've let the the the, the foreign gods in the gates, and now there's war in the gates, and the people are troubled, and you're not getting the blessings. You're getting the cursings. Well, go back and do what God said in the first place, kind of like what Jesus tells uh, the, the church at Ephesus. You know, find your first love. Go back and do the first works. Uh, go back and do those things. Repent. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's necessary for people to understand. Back in 2020, um, I, I'd read to my church from ID 2020 Alliance with Bill Gates is saying nobody's going to buy or sell anything without a digital, you know, microchip or whatever it's going on with that. And, um, and then I read from Revelation 18:23 where it talks about the the great men, the merchants will deceive all the world with their sorcery, their pharmacia, their ph pharmaceuticals. And, and some pastor in Scotland wrote me a letter rebuking me. How dare you read the scriptures like Revelation 18.23 to the church? And so I went down a bunch of this. You know, I just went, I wrote him back, and, and he wrote me and said, I, I haven't got time for this. I'm going, you started it. I didn't ask you to write a letter. <laughs> He's sharing the gospel with my church. So, I, you know, the, the world we grew up in is not the same world, you know, anymore. In fact, there's a song on the album called All of God's Promises and talks about that. And I, I rhymed, um, our bodies no longer fight against natural microorganisms. Um, you know, we, we know we shouldn't sin. I mean, I don't know how many people rhyme sin with microorganisms, but I felt inspired to do it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a mouthful to sing that out. But, uh, you know, the, devil, the devil's weaponized, the, you know, he's engineered pathogens. And why would you even put pathogens in a healthy body? You know, D Dr. Tempany's been telling us for 30 years, don't do these things. You know, they, they've inflicted death worldwide. I, in fact, um, I was with Sherry Tempany um, at a conference, Dr. Tempany, and she turned me on to this book um, by the Edward Dow, the, um, the Wall Street guy that worked for BlackRock. Yeah. 
It's all statistics. He goes, I'm not giving you my opinion. I just figured out in 21 and 22 that the, the morgues were going to make a fortune. The insurance companies were going to lose a fortune because of all these sun death, healthy young athletes just dying worldwide, right? That have all been injected with a deception. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole nother thing that we, we talked a little bit about that. I think the last time you were on and uh, you know, it's still going on. In fact, we were getting something today uh, that said they're already the, uh, the UK is already prepping uh, for another vaccine. They want to roll out within a hundred days for the quote unquote next pandemic. Um, yeah. The first one worked so great. I, I just, I can't believe people don't know it, but I got to tell you, Casper, there's a lot of people that were like, you know, I was, my parents gave me vaccines when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, I, when we first had children, we had given them the first couple of that. And then we started figuring out, okay, wait a minute, why are we doing this? I mean, aren't they healthy kids when they come out and stuff and all the stuff they want to pump into them is just to poison them that, and they tell you it's good for you, but it's, it's really just to poison them. And, uh, I think that's been one of the 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 schemes of the devil for a long time now i'm not denying that maybe somebody might have had some short-term things that happened there might have been some of that maybe i don't know but the long-term effects of pretty much every vaccine that's ever been produced are something bad it's not something good and there's always something that we can fix it this is what i i love about kate is she always goes back to the Lord gave us not only just the food, but he get that food becomes our medicine and it keeps us healthy if we'll do it. But what we say is, no, God, we don't want your finest of wheat. We don't want your honey. We don't want any of that stuff. We want what's processed and tastes good and is full of MSG. And, you know, they've studied us like little lab rats to sell us McDonald's hamburgers. And we, that's what we want because it tastes good. And God says, well, that your God's your belly. That that's it's not me. If you want to do those kinds of things, one of my doctor friends, Doctor Terry Allen, at, at years ago, like probably ten, fifteen years ago, she got a McDonald's cheeseburger and she put it in a, um, a container and left it in her garage for a year. A, a year later, you know, not not even the insects or you know the rodents would eat it. Yeah, uh, it looked the same as the day she bought it. Why would you put that in your body? Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen that stuff. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, you know, eat, eat things the way God made them. Um, I'd rather eat an apple that's got a worm in it than eat an apple that a worm could never possibly live in. Hmm. Um, you know, I, part of this thing, too, and I've been sharing this in confidence, is, you know, we, we are seeing the mark, uh, the beastly system, you know, being set up now. And you got the triple helix happening. Um, I've explained to people uh, a number of times now this year. We've known this for a while, but yeah, you, you get 72,000 genes from your dad, you get 72,000 genes from your mom, uh, and so that's you know 144,000 genes, the, the original genetic code of man, which is the same number of evangelists that we're going to have after the rapture happens, and then you get the, the, you know, the evidence showing up from the, the Gates of Hell Foundation that have now added a third strand, another 72,000 genes, which you know, when, you, when you add that up, it makes uh, 216,000 um, three strands of the DNA, a triple helix, instead of the normal double helix. And so you multiply 600 times 68 times 6, you get 216,000. I think that's just another strange coincidence of, you know, for the globalists, maybe. But I, I think because the queen, um, 
the late Queen Elizabeth last year, the, uh, the, the, the Jubilee. I mean, she puts her hand on a globe. I don't know if you saw that. I'm sure you probably did because you're on top of a lot sure. of this stuff. She puts her hand on the globe. It lights up like, we own the world. You know, it's all mine. <laughs> and, and sends the, the image of a triple helix going rushing across the lawn and then hits a tree of, you know, representing good and evil. You know, the Revelation 13, 16, you know, tells us he's going to cause everybody to, you know, take the smog in the right hand of the forehead, which means he causes his, He's requiring it, but it does mean we have to stop in the name of Christ before you break us out. Don't do it, right? And that, that his wisdom, let us understand what this number means. So, well, there it is, you know, this the, the thing that they, the false prophet um, is going off to Revelation 13, you know, um, we're, we're sealed. Those that are covered in the Holy Blood of Jesus, Yeshua, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. We are. There's no, there's no question that we are. And uh, some people have said, I've denied certain things that, about what's going on this. That, that. No, I realize, look, they, they've tried this stuff all through history. They, they've tried from the very first century. Uh, Caesar was making it upon the Jews that they had to wear, they had to wear his, his image. They had to take their phylacteries off. And they right. had to wear his image or they couldn't buy or sell. And what? who did they bow to? We have no king but Caesar. They didn't want Jesus. They didn't want the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They wanted Caesar. They wanted a man who thought he was God. And God eventually showed every one of the Caesars they're not. Uh, but look, let, let's look at this. We got about five minutes here. Uh, a couple of quick questions. How do you come up with these riffs? You're sitting here telling me you just you start playing something, or you guys just start sitting around singing something. How does some of this stuff happen? It, it's you know it's like having a conversation. Um, you get so in tune, with, you know, after you study an instrument for a long time, then to play and get accomplished. Uh, it's just like having a conversation. So, um, in fact, the, the song up to something, we were in the studio, and Nay looked at me. She said, "Justin Trudeau is you know lowering restrictions," and I went. Don't trust them. It's up to no good. And so I just played that little lick on my guitar. Da, 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 da. And I sang, you know, we know you're up to something. We know it's no good. I didn't really think about it much. You know, it just kind of spontaneously happened. And so Renee grabs a mobile phone and records it, goes, do that again. I go, do what? No, do that thing you just did. So she sent me a little clip of me doing it. I got back from the studio and I sat down, pulled out my guitar. And like, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, I sent her this song and go, hey, what do you think of this? So that's all that happens. Um, we, we just kind of work really well together with our bassist and our drummer. Um, just get together. Just It's like having a musical conversation. Speaking of which, you had a change up in your line lineup there in your band? Yeah, we, we ended up, um, Kenneth Bentley used to tour with Mylon Lefebvre and the Broken Hearts joined us. I remember so. those guys a long time ago. Wow. Kenneth is, um, he's younger than me, but uh, he, he's just really dynamic. He sings great, he plays great, and he's just got such a heart for Christ. And because we're really a ministry before we're a band, we're all we're all the same, you know, mindsets here. And, um, you know, like the, I, what you, I wanted to backtrack just a moment what you just said. Um, I think, you know, the, the devil, you're right, he's always had an antichrist ready to go. I mean, all, all through it, because he doesn't know the day or hour any more than we do. So he's always got to get someone prepared just in case, you know, this is the time. But, you know, the Lord tells us to comfort each other with these words. And this is Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. 
So we're, we're here to comfort you and pray that you, you draw close to the, the Lord Jesus and Yeshua and understand what season we're in. And um, you can't really afford to be messing around anymore. You, you can't be sitting on the fence on these things. You really need to know um, where you are with Christ. Amen. It's like important thing going on. Amen. Um, Amen. Now, you are you going to be performing here soon in the UK? Yeah, we're going over for September. We've got a number of places in our churches and things, and we'll be preaching as well as playing some concerts. Yeah. All right, cool. So you'll be going back home there too, because you're from Manchester. Did you say you were from Manchester or not? Yeah, I used to live in, in Manchester back okay. in the early days of growing up. Yeah. And... Oh, cool. Well, that that'll be a great homecoming. What about your next album? Are you guys already working on that? You got some songs already ready to go? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I, I think I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I, I wrote so many songs. A studio um, owner engineer sat me down. He said, look, you know, we've we got a lot of clients, but, you know, we really want to take care of you. We, we love what you're doing. And, um, but if you're going to make another double album, you know, it's going to take a really long time. So they asked me if I just do 10 songs and somehow it ended up being 14. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. um, like like the soca jig you know we just like it was just i go come on it can't be hard to mix just the guitar and the violin right um and then right as we were finishing i wanted the last song to be the georgia guidestone song but then a friend of mine asked me to write something about whitestone from the bible and and so we did uh, renee and i cut that at the very end and we liked it so much we put that on there as well so Amen. it's kind of you know a little bit of a roller coaster ride. It's it's rocking. It's uh, takes a lot of you know winding turns here and there. But oh, I think it's uh, hopefully overall you know one of the nicest things. I, I got a letter from somebody saying they they got our album last year at a conference. They never heard me play or speak before. On uh, they got the album and it, it just changed their life. They they them and the family. It just gave them more courage to step out and. Do what God's called them to do, and uh, just really um, bless them beyond what they could have imagined. Just listening to music, and think about that too. And the Lord Jesus, as He's facing the crucifixion, what was the last thing He did with the guys? Gather around. We're gonna we're gonna sing a hymn together, and then I'm gonna go out and get crucified. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the close out of it. Uh, you know, there's one thing here, Casper, uh, and we're gonna close out real quick. Plato said, let me, make this, let me make the songs of a nation. I care not who makes this law. Songs like yours need to be made uh, to drive people towards Christ rather than the other. Uh, there was also another quote, and I'm not going to have time to get to it. Music is a moral law. And then Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Catch Casper at CasperMcCloudMusic.com. We'll see you in the morning at 6 a.m. Adios.